And with me here now is Adrian Russell, the author or the publisher, the author really, of a fascinating book called The Double, documenting Cork's fantastic double almost 30 years ago. First of all, Adrian, it's hard to believe it's almost 30 years ago. I know, it flies, isn't it? I mean, um, for a lot of us, my generation, maybe we kind of remember as childhood memories, standing on Patrick's Bridge and kind of the, the, the hype that was around the city at that time rather than the actual game. So for, for me, it was fascinating going back. And seeing actually how they pull it together and how the, the characters kind of came together and managed to, for the hurlers kind of come out of the blue and for the, the footballers to kind of get over, you know, Mead, who were there, the bait and the war, I suppose, at that time. What was the, what was the inspiration for doing the book? I suppose it's the kind of book I like to read myself, you know, kind of um, stories about teams. Like, there's a lot of autobiographies around at the moment and a lot of great ones in the past couple of years. Um, but for me, I like picking up, you know, kind of American-style books where it's like, you know, the story of a particular team or a particular concept or whatever. Um, and then you look at the, the characters involved in these teams, you know, the massive people like, you know, you know better than me, like Larry Tompkins and Tomas and, and then people like uh, Ken O'Brien, who was just such a force in nature, and then Billy Morgan on the other side, who was, you know, his force of personality I suppose more than anything kind of broke the Kerry stronghold and then took on Mead um, and then it's just like what, what a story to have like a history kind of syncing up like that where the, the two teams came together in the end um, so for me it was all there like it was all the ingredients were there and I just thought you know uh, there's probably better people than me you know GA writers to, to write it but no one has done it so far so I'll take it on and, and that, that was basically the, the thinking behind it Yeah it's a fascinating idea and when you think about what what both teams achieved as you said yourself there Adrian the Hurlers came from nowhere um, winning the Munster Championship and then a fascinating final so there must have been some brilliant stories come out that we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to when we read the book Yeah I hope so Yeah, like um, for the Hurlers as you say like um they had a bad couple of years, you know, the, the 80s were great. Like, you know, for, for someone like me born in 81, there was, they were in finals 82, 83, 184, I suppose 86. And then they went quite, you know, yourself. Uh, and then 89 was a kind of nadir, um, people will remember, against Waterford. And, and that kind of, I think, was a moment for the county board to think, well, we better kind of get our act together here again. And uh, the canon was Father O'Brien, as he was at the time, I suppose, who people remember as a really big personality, um, came in and his charisma really kind of, you know, it was almost like a heist movie, you know, kind of bringing back, you know, to Moss and Kevin Hennessy and Jorfus, people like this had been discarded. Like, um, so they were brought back, um, and then it was like taking on you know the donkeys and derbies type thing with Kerry. They got up with the or against uh, Tipperary rather they got up and running against Kerry, beat Limerick, and then it was the donkeys and derbies thing, and then they were up and running. I think, and people you know are very quick to get behind a, a winning Cork hurling team. And at the same time, then uh, the footballers. I suppose I've been on the road since 80 this particular iteration of that team I suppose had been on the, on the road since 87 when Billy took over had to convince them really that they were good enough to beat Kerry even though they'd been knocking on the, the door for the 80s um, you know great under 21 and minor teams and kind of brought in then you know the, probably the, the keys to really kind of unlock everything was was Larry and Shea even um, so yeah, and then you know, they had bad bad days then like you know kind of beating in replays very harshly I think and uh, you know I talked to Tommy Sugar the referee about that whole episode in 88 As a uh, interest what did he say it was no free of course we all know that <laughs> well he said I, again by the book but it was a case of uh, you know he thinks it was a free and, and he says if um if it's a free in the first minute, it's a free in the last minute of an honour fight. You know, it's that kind of, I wasn't going to bottle it. And he made a good case of, to defend himself, even though he was probably the last one I spoke to in that kind of phase. And going into it, I, I would, didn't <laughs> kind of know how he was going to defend himself based on the, the feedback from the rest of the players and Billy Morgan's, you know, strong opinions on it as well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and they had bad days, 88. Then they got through in 89, uh, 
but it, I think people had the perception that it was a soft and I don't think there is a soft all Ireland but they, 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 it was a soft all Ireland they hadn't beaten Mead and uh, Kerry were kind of down a bit at the time I suppose so they had to come back and beat uh, the Ryan. That team was defined by actually beating Mead they, they, you're right there's no such thing as a soft all Ireland but until they beat Mead they weren't really considered a great team by many whether we agree or disagree with that comment yeah, Absolutely especially externally I think um I mean, I don't know. Maybe internally as well, but like they knew themselves, they had to beat me to be taken seriously as a serious and great team, um, and that kind of I think insulated them. I think from the hype of of the double. Like you know, I asked the same question of you know, there's a lot of there was nearly forty interviews there, and half of those are the footballers, I suppose. And I asked them the same questions. You know, were you kind of was the pressure cranked up when the double thing was on, like after the Harlem final, and they were kind of really all on the same page and that they were just thinking about Mead like they just wanted to beat their enemy which is the right word at the time I, I think now it's kind of you know relations are a lot better Like, but at the time I think there was a lot of animosity obviously um, and they just wanted and they were focused on them and Larry Tompkins said this at the time that he, he was never on a team so focused on you know just achieving that one victory over. and then, then again you remember better than me but Colm O'Neill was sent off and they did it with 14 men right, which yeah. is incredible like when you think of you know especially that full forward line Mead had and all the rest of the midfielders and uh, it was a full half a game they played without uh, Colm like so and I spoke to Colm O'Neill as well and he's an American now and um, you know he looks back at that like a he's the last value you'd expect to be sent off and I think he was just top of the queue at that time you know there was a lot of digs thrown and he just happened to be the man who kind of pulled the raffle ticket like obviously you to, to produce a book and it looks fascinating looking forward to reading it obviously to, to, to produce a book of this magnitude you had to get great cooperation from the players and the management of those times and they were obviously very forthcoming yeah yeah and um, it was a lot of cold calling initially and they were very generous with their time and their memories um, and then after that when you kind of you know you wouldn't meet, you meet one player for a cup of coffee and they're like well, you should talk to this fella yeah, type yeah. thing and they're all very generous and they give you a good stare on who would be um, you know who'd give an insight into a particular incident or whatever you know so then I think the word went around really that I was kind of knocking on doors so um, a lot more open I suppose and yeah like they didn't have to talk to me did they really and, um, but I do think that Maybe I'm wrong here, but um, there's a perception, probably, and I probably share it that they don't get the credit. Like the double almost took away from each other, if you know what I mean. Like if the hurlers came out of nowhere, and Dennis Walsh made this point actually in the book, if the hurlers came out of nowhere in '91, let's say, they would have got a lot of credit for that. And if the footballers, you know, went two in a row without the hurlers kind of doing a, an all in the same year, that would have been remembered. Like there was no one in two in a row up until I suppose Kerry in Kerry ten years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's probably obviously been nonsense, but um, so so I think they were happy that uh, that someone was uh, kind of putting this down on paper for for posterity maybe. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, I hope that's that. a very interesting point actually. That that's uh, it's never been achieved and unlikely to be achieved again. We're probably the only county that could do it. I would suggest at this stage. So like you you make a very valid point that the players and the manager didn't get the credit for what they actually achieved. Yeah, I think so. Like uh, when I was working on the book. Galway footballers got to the semi-finals of football. I was like if Galway pull off the double here now in the meantime uh, yeah <laughs> and then you always think maybe Dublin if, if, if the hurlers kind of had their breakthrough again maybe like uh, there's always the, the odds on that footballers will win the, the football title obviously um, but yeah I think it, it's kind of funny that it hasn't got the 
the plot. It's really um, maybe it's a Cork <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? We don't get the we're not if Galway. We're, we're a bit shy about coming forward. And as a matter of interest, Adrian, obviously this took a lot of work. Tell me how long was the, was the the, the project in, on the go? Well, I did my first interview, let's say in January seventeen, and it took me the I had to hand it in then in January eighteen, let's say. And then since then, I've been working on you know just various edits, edits and revisions and all the rest. Of it. So it's eighteen months work, I suppose. Um, so it's a big chunk of time, yeah, and I'd be kind of I won't know what to do with myself after it's kind of this this phase is over. Now hopefully people think it it does it justice. There's a lot of, as I said, like a lot of interviews now, and I've gone through back to the Echo and Examiner and all the rest of it, and uh, spoke to people, journalists who are around the place, and um, you know Jim Kearney and Babs and all the you know Sir Farrell, everybody who's there, not everybody, but as many characters as I can, not just in the court camp. So hopefully people think it's a fair representation. Like there is a lot of room for like oh. You know, I don't remember it that way, which is fair enough. Like, but I've kind of put down this is the way people remember it, um, and hopefully people think it does it justice. Like, there's as well as that. Um, you know, for the football panel in particular, like there's you know John Curran's obviously is. Yeah, I was going to make that point. It is so sad that there's some great people. Management and players, and particularly players who are so young, are no longer with us. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, Michael McCarthy as well, obviously in Skibbereen. Um, so like uh, it gives. You know, without overstating it, it does give the players the opportunity to kind of remember those former teammates. I'm sure they do it privately, obviously. Like, but I mean, it's good to have it on the record the contribution these guys made. I'd like to think, as well as that John Cronin, who you probably know from yeah. the Glen, okay. big part of it. And I, he was a fascinating figure to me. I kind of remember him as a man around Blackpool and kind of up in the Glen, even as when I was a kid. And I spoke to his daughter Nelly and and uh, Tomas and everybody else who was very close to him at the time. And um, he's very fondly remembered. So I've tried to tell his story a small bit in the, in the book as well because um, I know he's a big part of it um, and the canon as well obviously has passed away um, people like Edward Newman who would have known him well spoke to me about him and all the players obviously and trying to kind of round out because he he was fascinating to me like w- w- what kind of man was he you know he was a kind of a personality and a character but I was trying to get into like you know, what made him tick a little bit and I don't know if I saw that but um, I think it was basically hurling he just loved hurling really didn't he and he loved Cork but, um, so yeah like hopefully people think that that's the kind of memories of those those men do it a small bit of justice well we won't say too much more because we give away the concept of the story we all know what the story is about a double it's a fascinating read no it's a being, it's in as they say in most provinces in all good bookshops from this week but the official launch takes place on Thursday the weekend easy. You might just explain are people welcome to attend and everything? Yeah, as far as I know, yeah. Um it's uh, a panel discussion with a couple of the players hopefully um you know, Billy Morgan, maybe Tomas McGuire, people like that, um, and myself and Shane Casey from Young Offenders asking the questions. I think is the plan. Uh, it's Thursday the nineteenth in Easton's on Patrick Street. There's one in Dublin as well, but I suppose for, for the purposes of this interview, then uh, it's the one in Easton's will be handier for people. Um, and hopefully, people kind of uh, get behind it and give it a bit of a push over uh, the next couple of months. Well, it sounds to be a fascinating. Congratulations on it, and the very best of luck. And I know, and I hope it goes well for you. Great, thank you, Fumber. Appreciate it.